0: So we have a smaller group tonight, I'm just going to, therefore, I'm just going to ask for questions. Any questions? Yes?
1: Um, I've been reading um, about Lord Chaitanya's daily pastimes, mm. different versions. Bhupagoswami, uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakura. And I think the other one, it doesn't really say where it's from, but it's a lot more detail. Okay, um, this is in Mahanubhuti Swami's book, *The Art of Chanting Hare Krishna*. Mm. And Bhagavat Swami's is very short, but in each of the time periods, he talks about Lord Caitanya meditating on Radha and Krishna's pastimes during those times. So I was wondering, like, when he's meditating on Radha and Krishna's pastimes, is he seeing himself as Radharani or Krishna or both? So is he remembering? His
0: pastimes as Radha and Krishna? Yeah. I don't know if the, first of all, I don't know if what he's got written there or quoted there, but um, it seems doubtful to me that Rupa Goswami has actually written something about the eightfold daily pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Perhaps someone else has, and it got attributed to him. I'd be surprised if that wasn't the case. Um, That said, uh, the basic um, idea of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's eternal lila, as, as I've often said, it's sometimes referred to as Sadhaka Siddhabhumi. So it's the land where siddhas are enacting the drama of sadhakas. So there everyone is identifying with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, um, who's the leader of the sadhakas, hmm? the best devotee of Krishna. Like we say, even in the manifest Leela, this was the thought, and sometimes they'd have flashes that he was Krishna. They'd see him, well, experiencing the bhava of different avatars, which makes sense because they're all within Krishna. And, of course, there was the famous drama that he performed, he took the role of Lakshmi. And, um, so, uh, that baba or ecstasy, as well. So, in in similarly, again in the eternal leela, as I've said, they are all absorbed in Gaur leela, and that absorbed in the in the context. What does it mean to be absorbed in Gauri leela? It means to be absorbed in Christian leela. And so, what does it mean to be absorbed in Christian leela? To be transported there, hmm? and come back. Hmm? Ultimately, one's transported there and doesn't come back, but the place, here they're coming back to, to Gaur-lila, so it's back and forth between these two, which one of which leads to the other, the, which comes first, the seed or the tree, Gaur, Krishna, Lila, it's, it's kind of the question. So, um, both are, neither one is cancelled out. <coughs> so, if Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was meditating on Radha and Krishna. What was your question? Well, I think I answered it, right? Yeah, is, is he seeing himself as Radha and Krishna? Is... No, he's meditating on Radha and Krishna. Yeah, sure. um, but then the meditation on something can cause one to, uh, obviously to uh, accept the qualities, to adopt the qualities, for all those qualities to come within him. so he might appear as such. Uh, to others and he's worshipping he's meditating on Krishna in the mood of Radha mm. so he sees her from that him from that perspective it's complex mm. but he's Chaitanya Mahaprabhu mm. and he's Krishna and, and Radha and Krishna at the same time
1: because he shows mm. himself as Radha and Krishna to Ramana
0: sometimes right mm. sometimes but not all the time mm. Mm. sometimes there was a special special darshan, and typically the devotees go with him in the eternal when he goes out in the morning crossing the Ganges and the cows go across the, trans- the Ganges he's transported Krishna's cowarding Lila and everybody goes with him something like that except in their respective positions relative to their group and... Mm. Does that help? Yes.
1: Uh, the Chandra Shekhar that's mentioned in... Uh, or Chaitanya's Leela, where he's been requested to take lunch, and uh, uh, Chandra Shekhar and one other... Top and measure. were were in that section referred to as kanista that they could not themselves defeat the Mayavad conception mm-hmm. so they went to Sri Shaitanya and they, they were feeling disheartened what do we do, we can't defeat Can you mm-hmm. and then the invitation came the defeat was there is this the same Chandra Shekhar who's mentioned I believe it's two or three chapters later in the tree of Lord Shaitanya, the Acharya, Shaka Acharya, yeah, same, same. So he has his own branch. So why a Kanista has a branch?
0: Well, first of all, I know he's an Acharya. I mean, he's. A, I think he was a physician. He thinks there's two. Um, I, I. I wouldn't. I don't know, maybe there is. Maybe you've read Gorgonadishtipika, there's two. I don't remember there's two. But regardless, I think Chandrasekhar was a... Wasn't he a doctor? Mari Gupta was a doctor, I think Chandrasekhar also. But um, they're not really Kaniṣṭhādhikārās. Right, right. The the idea is that they... Just like I'll give an example. One time, one time Marsh was trying to explain the Kanishta Madhyam and Uttam devotees by the characteristics they would exhibit. So he said, Puri Maharaj, promote Puri Maharaj Kanishta Dikari, Madhyam Madhav Maharaj, his god brother Madhya Madikari, Swami Maharaj Prabhupada Uttamadikari. And their their char- he was speaking of them in terms of characteristics that they were kind of known for so to speak. So, for example, it's said about the Kaniṣṭha Adhikāri that in uh, Kaniṣṭha Bhakta, in the Bhagavatam, what does it say? Mm. Pujam Charya, acharya yeah. Meva, they are engaged in the deity worship. Mm. Uh, I mean, to use a, the classic example is they they appreciate the deity of Krishna, but not the Vaishnava. They'll, as they said, they'll come in and the Vaishnava will be giving the Bhagavad Discourse. They'll step over people to put a rupee in the box and pray to the deity to give him a good son, you know, or daughter, or whatever. So that's like the low end of Kanishta Kanishta, so to speak. Um... But the emphasis on the deity, in this case, over the Vaishnava. Now, in Bhakti Siddhartha Siddhartha's mission, he established many deities in many temples. And Puri Goswami marsh was the, always there for the rituals, and he performed the rituals for the installation of all the deities. And he was expert in that, and he, he liked that a lot, I guess, and he was good at that. There's other things he did, too. Of course, he was also an editor in the, in the, in the um, for, I think, for the Gaudiya, Nadia Prakash for the Gaudiya, and wrote many articles there and so on and so forth. But this was a one particular characteristic of his that he brought out, you know, it corresponds with the basic description of the Kanishta devotee. Ma of Maharaj was engaged in a lot of preaching over temple worship. He pretty much liked the duty to do deity worship at his own He told me that he, he has a own Govardhan on Sheila's, and he told me he I painted them blue and he laughed <laughs> and I painted them blue, and he chuckled so <laughs> um in Puri Maharaj after the departure of Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur, he ended up attaching himself in for some ways to Madhav Maraj's moth. He lived in Maharaj's math, Madhav Maharaj's moth. And Mahar Madhav Maharaj was going out and, and preaching and making new devotees and very active in that way. And Puri Maharaj was 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 not comparatively. Hmm. Um so he said Madhav Marsh Madhikari. and then he said Swami Marsh, which was Prabhupada Sanyas' name, uh because the measure of his preaching and outreach was so extraordinary and so forth. So uh, that said, one after the departure of Sridhar marsh from the world who was who she who Puri Marsh held in the greatest um how they had the greatest regard for. If you just mention his name he'd fold his hands and start to shake. If you showed his picture he would bow down and and um and uh, he, he considered Sridhar his Siksha Guru. And um he was also very reverential towards Prabhupada in in due course, when he understood Prabhupada. Um and so when when we were meeting him, of course he had understood Prabhupada's contribution and Shri Maharaj's and he didn't consider him. He didn't. He once came to to. Brindukunj uh, Paramaruthi Temple in Vrindavan, and he saw his pictures, pictures of picture Sri and Prabhupada, and then saw his picture. And he thought, "What's my picture doing there? And that shouldn't even be there." Was his uh, attitude. Um, and he, you know, he was very had a beautiful voice too for kirtan, so that that near the time of the passing of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitthaka from the world, he asked that the song of, of Naruttham Thakur, Sri Rupa Manjari Pada, a song where Naruttham Das kind of pledges his allegiance to and expresses his faith and aspiration, a faith and an aspiration to follow in the footsteps, in the bhava of, of Rupa Manjari, Rupa Gosami's Siddharupa, Siddhadeya. It's a famous song. And so Puri began to sing, and then Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta stopped him and said, let him sing, Sridhar Maharaj sing. And uh, Sridhar didn't have the sweet voice for kirtan, comparatively. But the implication was that, that Saraswati Thakur felt that Sridhar had deep, deep realization on the subject that he was uh, entertaining and, and absorbed in. So it was, a, it was a big thing for the God-brothers and all assembled there. And they thought, oh, Guru Maharshi as indicated that Siddha has some realization. They, they thought he had, he, he had gave him entrance into Rupu Manjari's camp. Chitamar said afterwards, but I was thinking, though, he's placed me at the gate. Bhakti-rakshak. Rakshak means protector. Hmm. So I'm, he says, he's placed me at the gate, and I'm not letting just anybody in, he used to say. So, um, at any rate, he was, was acknowledged by his God-brothers that, that Sarsati Thakur had indicated that he had deep realization, and, and Puri Marsh really, really, really took that to heart. Hmm. So, as I say, he had deep regard for him his whole life every year for his when his Vyasa Puja was celebrated, the Vyasa puja was celebrated, and Shidar Marj was honored Wemarsh would come to the moth and give a lecture glorifying him and so forth hmm. so he was very much attached to him and uh, so one time after the passing of Shida Marsh from the world then his successor, Govinda Maharaj, some of the, dis- some of the disciples of Sridhar some of his brothers, didn't feel comfortable following him in the same way that they had followed Sridhar Maharaj. And they, some of them, a couple wanted to take sannyas f- from Puri who <clears throat> was senior to, to Govinda Maharaj in, in every way. And so they went there, and then some people in the Govinda Maharaj's group you know tried to rally the troops that thought people were going through the cracks, and that was a fracas that kind of that that uh went on Puri Marsh was there I and mean, he was quite old and and um you know, it was over a hundred at the time and um but it was going on between the disciples and the different groups I don't know what what marsh's involvement was, but um at any rate, at one point. Some of the disciples in Chaitanya Dasarath under Mata under Marsh, they were trying to. I guess they were trying to kind of, uh, you know, a new, a new, a new successor is there, and so they were trying to shore up the the group and faith in Govindan So they made some <coughs> exaggerated statements and efforts to do that, and it was a concern for them that people were, were leaving and maybe that indicated that Gvinda Marsh wasn't, oh, he is very qualified. So this is the kind of thing that was was going on. I wasn't involved at all. Uh, and so, but at any rate, at, at one point, some of the disciples of Sridhar Marsh said that, that Guru Maharaj, Sridhar has said that, that Puri Marsh is a Kaniṣṭhādhikāri. Hmm. And therefore, why should you go there? Hmm. He wanted Uvindamarsh to be a successor. If he wanted a Kanishadikari, you know, then he would have picked Purimarsh. So they said that, you know. So this entered the ears of Purimarsh's disciples, and they became outraged at such. But it's come to this, you know. And so they told Purimarsh that they are saying that Sridharmarsh has called you a Kanishadikari. And of course, Purimarsh said, Sridharmarsh? has given me some madhikar, some some standing in bhakti? Oh. Um, so he was showing himself. He wasn't doing it in a calculated way. He was showing himself to be the most qualified person you know, and, and, and to be an uttama By the way, he responded to that. In a similar way in which he responded to Bhakti bhaktisiddhanta stopping him from chanting and asking Sridhar Maharaj to chant. He didn't become envious of Sridhar Maharaj or... Angry or anything, he was so he's a very exalted uh, personality, but again, describing, trying to give us a, you know, an example hmm, um, to that would illustrate the that which is often identified with these different stages of development: Madhyam Uttam um At one point, she said to him. So, in the context—excuse me—of the leela, then I think Prabhupada wrote that Mm -hmm. somewhere. You have to you have to harmonize that with Nāratam statement. All the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are Kaniṣṭhādikāris. For that matter, in Vrindavan, everyone is a Kaniṣṭhādikāri. Nanda Maharaj is a he showed us is Kanishtadikari. <laughs> yeah. They're worshipping the deity but their mind is somewhere else. And they're worshipping Chaligram, the Shingha in their home, but their mind is on their child and and so on and so forth. So something like that, that kind of Kanishtadikari, we we want to be like that. So um they exhibited certain qualities, that, and I guess it's like you say, they were there, Tapan Mishra, Chandrasekhar, in Benares, where there's no devotees, and the Mayavadis were speaking Mayavad philosophy, and and, um, and they even criticized Chitanya Mahaprabhu when he came there, because Chitanya Mahaprabhu came and he had a reputation following him, he was a sannyasi, but he was going everywhere doing kirtan, singing and dancing and these were not typical activities of a sannyasin who was, uh, sannyasi is a limb of the gyan marg, it's not a limb of the bhakti marg it's a bit, kind of an artificial adaptation in the bhakti marg Chaitanya Mahaprabhu adopted sannyas for a particular purpose, an external purpose really, for sake of dissemination in a sector, in a society where the sannyas uniform would bring attention and regard and and so he would be more readily listened to. Something like that was the idea. Hmm. Um, you take the renounced order of Gaudiya Vaishnavism established by Sanatan Goswami, which is the which was a white cloth and um, same mantra that we give the sannyasis, but uh, the the conduct of the the for lack of a better word, Babaji I, Yati Atyagi I don't think the word Babaji is used in Sanatana Goswami's Hari Bhakti Vilas, um, uh, but and who had a renounced order. They wore white, short cloth, and, uh, and they were different in their conduct from the sannyasis, for example, in other missions, lineages, and so forth, who would be, by their saffron uniform, out, in if you will in the public view I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about one time bond maharaj bhakti bond maharaj a well known disciple of bhakti Siddhanta, the first i think to go to go to england and, and germany to try to preach um, he told Sridhar Marsh after some point he said you know I've been sanyasi for a long time you know done a lot of preaching hmm? And so I think I'm going to accept the Babaji Vesh and just do Bhajan at this point in my life. So he was looking at the Babaji idea and it was characteristic of what people in the Babaji Vesh were doing. Babaji dress, they were chanting um, at least 64 rounds a day and more contemplative, more of a classical contemplative type of, of lifestyle. Maybe they would they would hold Bhagwat discourse and so forth amongst themselves and other devotees, but they weren't going out in, into Calcutta, you know into Delhi or thinking of going to America or anything like that, which were, these are the ideas of Bhakti Siddhanta and his Sannyas order that he created. and he kind of looked at the Christians coming into India with their missionaries in the Ram Krishna mission with its missionaries, that uh, Vivekananda was the first of which, so to speak, um, who went on his own to America, and then he established the Vedanta Society, and he had sannyasins, and and so forth. Um, so he looked at these different models, and he wanted to follow the advice of order of Bhaktivinoda to organize the preaching, and so forth. and And so... For that, he created a sannyasa order who would stand out in the public's view in the same way that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did and bring attention to Gaudiya Vaishnavism, uh, bring attention to, to the modern public, and uh, the sannyasis would be invited, you know, they would, they would ride to the Kumbha Mela on elephants. Mm-hmm. Hmm. They were the rajas, okay, the kings of spirituality, like the Shankars, the, the, the sannyasis in the Shankar lineage from the four moths of Shankaracharya, they, they'd come on elephants, there'd be a huge hoopla when they came, you know, of attention and so forth. There was some godi of Babaji, walked there, nobody even noticed him. So, Ban anyway, that's us just play out the point, he said, I think, you know, I've been sannyas for so long, I've traveled, gone to England, this, that, and other things, Germany, you know, they are all over... India established some moths and whatnot. I think I'm mm-hmm. gonna retire from that and just uh, be more lead a more contemplative life. So he told us Sridhar Marsh, Sridhar told us the story. So Baumarsh took off the Sanyas Vash and he put on the, the Babaji Vash and then he then you well if you're a sannyasi you get to ride on a train, you know, or fly on a plane hmm, to go somewhere. But the Babaji's <laughs> gotta walk. And barefoot, so okay, you know, he's walking, and barefoot. But then they go to cross the, to cross the Ganges, and get on the boat and so forth, and people just pushing him like he's just anybody. You know, it's like, hey, get out of the way. <laughs> you know, he just that that attire, doesn't stick out. I mean, a rickshaw wallah might wear wear a gumshaw like that. You know, um, so. He, he he did that three or four times and he came back and said, I can't do that. I'm gonna put up my dress. they'll <laughs> put it out of the way and I'll get on the boat and go and <laughs> She laughed too when he told the told her the story. <laughs> so um so yeah, there's a there's a, how do we get into that? Well it's that uh, point. Goswami's in Vrindavan. The Goswamis in short, their short and Yeah, I I well yeah, this is the same mantra for the renunciate. I don't think they're called Babaji's but I, there, but anyway the the renounced order was more anyway of a contemplative order of sorts. I mean there would be they would write, obviously the Goswamis wrote and books and I mean it's you know, when I start talking about the Goswamis, they wrote a lot of books, and they did see the establishment of temples and did get the, the patronage of kings and so forth. So Prabhupada would make those kind of arguments to kind of criticize just the contemplative life, because he was more of um, a outgoing person for sharing it with the public and and so forth. So it's not that they, they didn't do that, but perhaps the Babaji order has drifted more and more in that um, direction hmm? over the over the centuries and so forth. Um, but we were talking about your point, right? So I'm trying to come back to how we we went there.
1: Well, it was just the fact that Prabhupada did refer,
0: refer to uh, the devotees yeah. as as Kanista. kanista. And, they were, yeah. they were, and you made the point clear that they yeah. were exhibiting that, that they ex-
1: exhibiting themselves. As
0: no, they were in Benares, I was saying, which was a this was a point I was making, which is a place where um there were many Mayavad sannyasis. The Prakashananda uh, main player there is said to have sixty thousand sannyasi disciples. So when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came there, he was a sannyasi. Now he had adopted the sannyasi dress and order officially and so forth. Although Sanatan Goswami, under the order of Chaitanya Mahapuram, was was the architect, as I call him, of the Sampradaya. He kind of set up the rules and the etiquette, the decorum, what mantras would be chanted, what the, what the, the, the kind of his, his, his like the Smriti Shastra for the, for the Gaudias, the, all the procedures and, and whatnot, how to do a wedding, how to, for Vaishna, how to to go into the renounced order, and in that regard, he didn't say to put on saffron and have a dunda like this. And that was a later day uh, in innovation of bhakti. Says for the sannyasis standing out, gotya people standing out in the public like, like uniformed men, you know, policemen. There they are, you know. So you treat them a certain way. It used to be like that, of course, years ago. That if a guy wore a uniform, he was popular with the girls—a policeman or an army guy, you know. Hope not with the sannyasis, but but, but at any rate, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to Benares, he had a reputation. Following it. this guy took sannyas, and he took it from Keshavabharati from the from the Shankar order, but like he's like going around singing and dancing in the streets and. All this sentimentalism—this is not the characteristic uh, activities of a, of a sannyasi. He should study Vedanta,
2: hmm. uh,
0: because again, sannyas is a limb of the of the of the gyan mark, not the bhakti mark. But this was a very special kind of sannyas, if you will. I mean, Prakashananda Saraswati called him a babuka, hmm. a, a, a babuka, a, a sentimentalist. Of course our minds immediately go to the to the third verse of the of the Bhagavatam. Hmm. What does it say? Hmm? <inaudible> Nigamaka Nigamakovatura Galitam Falam dravatam Yutam Pibata Bhagavatam Rasamalayam muhuraho Rasika Bhuvi Bhavuka. Hmm? Bhavuka you've got to be a Muhuraho Rasika Bhuvi Bhavuka. a yeah, sentimentalist but for Krishna within rasa, you know, so so he, in, indirectly, without overtly wanting to, was paying him a compliment and accurately describing what he was. He was a, he was a sentimentalist. He had sentiments which are in feelings and emotions and so forth, which the Ganmark seeks to transcend altogether, but he had them, at, but for Krishna. Hmm? This, is, this is a special thing, obviously. This is the ingress of bhakti. Into the Atma. So one thing is the material sentiments, and another thing is the spiritual sentiments, right? So he accurately, actually described him, you know, without un- unknowingly, so to speak. You could say, like they say sometimes, Saraswati, the goddess of learning, danced on the tongue, and he said one thing with one intention, but another meaning came through as well. For those in the know, and it's accurate. He was a, a full of spiritual. Sentiments, but these things—this chanting and dancing and so forth—in the public was not typical of the uh, sannyasins at all. So there was some criticism. The point being, uh, of him, and when he came to town, but Chandrasekhar and and Tapan Mishra—they couldn't defeat the criticisms. Um, They didn't have the. They were. Householders, they didn't have the required knowledge to, to, and it would have been considerable to go against Prakashananda, who guy who like is constantly studying the Vedanta and teaching it to so many sannyasin uh, s- students of his own. These guys are heavy when it comes to knowledge. One time, I'll give you another example. There was a a a ma- these Mayavadis, my- Mayavadis in particular, they 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 study everything. I mean, that's their... Uh, <laughs> they just have a real penchant for that. So they they study all the different paths. They study Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So this one guy came to Vrindavan to speak, Mayavadi, Sannyasi, real Mayavadi Sannyasi. Now they have these neo Mayavad, neo that's uh, That's... Uh, that's another thing, but it's this a real heavy character and he and I think he yeah he, I he he gave, it, Lenin, gave it a lecture somewhere in Vrindavan, and, and and um was a really good lecture on Godi of Ashnavism and Purimar said, Oh he knew that guy and he said yes he, said, he knows the philosophy better than we do. <laughs> and he's in my body, you know, so it's, it's all wasted. He's it's useless. He doesn't put it into practice but Mm. he knows the knows the theory. So we should know the theory. As I say, we should use our head to soften our heart, let it go in the heart and bring about a change and so forth. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> so to defeat them is you know it's not easy. You, know, you can sit and preach to the choir and defeat Maya about philosophy. You can read the points that Prabhupada makes, that Baladev makes, Baladeva, Baladeva Vidyabhus in his Gita commentary that... Vishwanath Chakravita makes, Prabhupada was particularly trying to present a um, commentary on the Gita that would refute Mayabad. He himself, I think, penned the verse characterizing him as he saw himself externally, nirvisesha, sunyavadi, pascacade, gauravani, pacharne. Namaste Saraswati Devi. So, the follower of Saraswati coming to the Western world, preaching the words of Lord Chaitanya to eradicate Mayavad and Shunyavad, hmm. voidist and um, um, Advaitin kind of uh, monistic uh, notions of ultimate reality with Gauravani, the words of Gore, Gaur, Gauravani Pracharane, by preaching the words of Gore. Uh, so um, um, you know he, he does that in his commentary. But if you, if you ever go read Shankar's commentary, he's got all the points. To, he, <laughs> he's got ways he interprets the verses and uh, and so forth to make, make his points. You know, it's uh, it, the Gita. I used to think differently about the Gita. You know that it was it was only exclusively about bhakti, and about uh, uttam bhakti, and ultimately about braj bhakti, and I and that's true. But thinking like that, I used to not appreciate the the gita commentaries that led to other conclusions. But later I realized, well, actually, it, it, it lends itself to this is what it's really saying. <laughs> that's the furthest reach that it goes. But its excellence is that it lends itself to be explained also in different ways and to help people, for example, socially, perhaps. Like Gandhi would quote the Gita in a social or political context. And um, India was repressed by a foreign nation at the time, and he used the Gita to help uh, free the people from that kind of uh, political oppression. Hmm? So it's it's not the highest thing, but it's uh, it's 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 uh, he was a great person. Prab- Prabhupada used to criticize Gandhi at times because Gandhi had no philosophy. You know, you, you know, philosophy has to be tight. <laughs> and if you read Gandhi, he's like over here one thing, over there it's another thing, and you know, so contradicting himself. So he wasn't really a a philosopher, but he was a great man of great uh, determination and power and and um, Character and so forth, um, but people would misunderstand him to be a spiritual leader and and had, he, whose understanding of the Gita was, you know, the understanding or something like that. So, on that basis, Prabhupada would criticize him. But once in, I think in Agra, there, uh, he was. There's this. He was with one of his disciples, and the statue of Gandhi was there, and probably went down and bowed down to Gandhi. And then he got up and said, don't tell anybody. And so, yeah. on, on some, you know, he wanted to teach one thing, but on another level, he, you know, of course, he appreciated it. Now, the devotees would just, to, just to trash Gandhi all the time, you know, but I mean, that I, anybody with a little common sense could see he was an extraordinary person. There are things to learn from him. I mean, his dedication to the mission that he had if we had such dedication to go to Vaishnavism, the point being that Gandhi had to the Swaraj, the liberation of India from am I right? From political oppression and uh, the nonviolent, you know, commitment he had to that. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, you can learn something. You can be inspired by that. You know, you can take the quotes of Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, you know. He had a personal life that would be questionable from a from a monastic point of view, and even from a householder point of view. Hmm. Um, but boy, he's got great quotes, you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> great, great. Wrote some great speeches, you know, or and uh, and he was committed to, to, relatively speaking, a great cause. It took a huge amount of courage and he died for it you know so i find it inspiri- inspiring inspiring so because i translate it and you know and, and apply it in relative to the path but as you advance you can you can appreciate you know this speech that person this song even you know and you'll see it all from a krishna conscious point of view so that the gita lends itself to many different interpretations is really it's it's he swayam bhagavan the, the gita is is swayam gita you know or whatever <laughs> swayam shastra you know it's uh, it's gita Upanishad. so it's it's the shruti even hmm? and uh, and so inside of krishna all other conceptions are there is the idea Probably just to say consciousness means krishna consciousness because just like light means sun really all the light in the world comes from the sun the moon's light is reflected and the... The sun causes the clouds, and the clouds have lightning, and we know <laughs> so if we get electricity, and so on, and so so consciousness means Krishna conscious, so just different degrees of it. Yes.
2: Uh, we are
1: making the point of, of how effective the Vedantins and uh, Maya bodies are. Explaining. Is it because of their efficiency at their job of explaining Vedanta and that Well
0: way they're that scholars, yeah. They're, and we're
1: not allowed to hear from them that Lord Chaitanya forbid that we even hear a commentary of the Maya
0: Māyāvādī Bhasha Hoi sarvanāsh. I think what that means we says if you hear the Māyāvādī, the Sharida Kabasha, you know, this kind of thing, then you'll be Lost. It really means to entertain it, if you hear it, if you embrace it, and so forth. But if your faith isn't strong and your understanding of Shastra isn't, then you can be taken by some of the arguments, I suppose, too. It's the, they're powerful. I mean, they're powerful. Um, they know a lot. So, so the Chandrasekhar, two householders, classically are not, either they haven't got the time for study to the same extent as someone who's just, that's all they do. Study and meditate, contemplate the sounds of the Upanishads, and, and, uh, and so forth. So, um, so typically, Chandra Shekhar in 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 Mishra, were sent by Mahaprabhu, isn't it, to to Benares. They were wondering, what are we doing here? You know? And of course, they were. They were the devotees. The so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu could have some devotees to stay with when he got there, but they couldn't defeat them. They they were they were very much disturbed by the criticisms that they were hearing. That oh, he's a sentimentalist, the sannyasi. He should come here and join us, and we can teach him Vedanta. Hmm? And so they would register when Mahaprabhu came, and he heard. They heard these complaints. They would register them with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm? and of course by Mahaprabhu's but but they couldn't defeat him, so they were typically, they had faith, but it was tender and it wasn't tempered as steel would be tempered by heat and made stronger. Their tender faith was not tempered by knowledge of the shastra. And shraddha means, in bhakti, shastriya shraddha, faith in the argument, in the revelation, in the teaching that comes down and so forth. So they were lacking in that, and so... They were in the Leela, the context of the Leela, they were Kanishthadikaris, like like the father and uh, uncle of Raghunath Das Goswami. Hmm? But there are so many of them, Kanishthadikaris. They, they, it's a Leela. So, and there's the sannyasis, like Keshwar Bharati, and, so, and they would all regard them, and they would consider themselves just Kanishthas, and the sannyasis were very. Yeah, so, so in that sense, they were, hmm, in, in the context of the Leela, but they're eternal associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So anyway, of course, as the story goes, then they, they, they told Mahaprabhu, they're saying these things about you. And he said, well, you know, cares for them. And then by Mahaprabhu's own arrangement, as the Antaryami Paramatma, one Brahman came and said, invited him to come to would have lunch with the sannyasis or something like that I don 't think he took lunch with them, but he came he came they were invited to their association. He wanted to take his meals with the devotees so so then he then he then he went and and what did he do he He sat down where the sannyasis would enter into the assembly, and their feet would be bathed because they would all walk barefoot and if you were going to go inside to a temple. For example, um, or any place of assembly, then you you, you 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 can see it still in Vrindavan at some temples. So outside the temple, there's a pump, and a hand pump for washing your feet before you go into the temple. Mm-hmm. And so Mahaprabhu st- stood and sat himself down there, and he washed the feet of sannyasi as Says they were coming and I said, "We're well, the one we invited here. What are you doing there?" Say, and then they saw, they saw in him. In his person, the Brahman effulgence that they were trying to enter into. Hmm. They saw a, a, like an aura emanate from him of Brahman, and they were just dazzled by that on the one hand and his humility on the other hand, hmm. that he sat to the place for washing the feet. Hmm. He said, Please come, don't sit there, come. It's been. And by this, by this, he had the t- created he created a teaching moment so that they were like off balance, so to speak. And then Mahaprabhu explained Vedanta to them hmm. very nicely. That, that story is recorded twice in Chaitanya Charitamrita, in the, in the Adi Lila in the seventh chapter and then later in the Madhya Lila, at the end of the Madhya Lila. So it's, it's a very nice section where the basic... Vedanta, Vedvaita is dealt with by Krishna, Skavirash Goswami and through his pen Mahaprabhu was speaking and, and so he defeated them and of course then Chandrasekhar and Tapa Yay.
2: and then
0: uh, they figured that the, they had attached themselves to a Bhagwat the person Bhagwat even if they couldn't read the book of Bhagwat study it and become scholars they were okay, they were serving the person Bhagwat in the person of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Yes.
1: Can I go to another question? Yeah. Um, we've heard recently, within the last year, a uh, reference to something attributed to Sri Bhakti to Saraswati, where he says that um, we should never think that at any time there is not sad guru available on the planet, and such a thought is atheism. And then we've also read Bhakti Raksha Dave. some of his talks referring to a time that the current is underground. And right now in the dialogue we're in today uh, a little bit this question's come to my mind how to reconcile those two. Mm -hmm. Because I'm hearing some people even now are saying that the current is going underground. Mm-hmm. And I see that as soft riptivism, and I'd like to know how to deal with that current of thought.
0: Well of course the Gita says that at times the teachings are obscured. paramprapta Vidu. Sakalena And I come, he says, to the Parampara. This is the way it's been explained. Um, to reestablish that. Mm. So I think that but, but that's it, I think that what Bhakti Siddhanta Sarshi Thakur is saying is that the that the sincere soul um would never lack uh guidance mm. and it would be available and um, and seek and and, and, and and you'll you'll find. Or um we can say that uh, such persons are available, but then again they may be uh, not very visible. That's also possible. Hmm? Um, you take during the time of Bhaktivinoda, it's not that there weren't any great souls, but they weren't very visible. Hmm? Bhaktivinoda then became very visible and created an outreach that went you know, even beyond India and so forth. But that doesn't mean there weren't other great souls there at the time but they weren't I mean Jagadant Das Babaji wasn't known by anybody in Calcutta or, or um, so um, also I think that Bhakti Bhaktisiddhanta Thakur's statement is one that's similar to a statement that Bhaktivinoda Thakur made it's different but it's similar in the point I think that's being made and that is that Vinod once said that that in Kali Yuga, people will give more respect to the previous acharyas. Hmm? In other words, they'll think Prabhupada was great. You know, after Prabhupada's gone, he's got many people that say that Prabhupada's great, hmm? and at at the, at at the expense of saying that, uh, that anybody else is. Is great, which is kind of what you're talking about. So Bhakti Vinod said this was a, was a problem. It means what it really means is that Bhakti Vinod was experiencing that hmm? that he knew he had something to contribute, but people were not giving attention as they should have. Prabhupada himself felt that way, hmm? our Prabhupada, that he was making a contribution. But many people in India, for example, even in Gaudiya Sampradaya, couldn't recognize it. Hmm? Um, but they would you know, be quoting the books of Bhakti Vinod and saying, you should have published Bhaktivinoda's book. What are you publishing your own books for? Hmm? Prabhupada was criticized for that. And so in his own time, what I'm saying, he also experienced that while we recognized him, his disciples, as many other people didn't recognize. Now he's gone, everybody, oh, Prabhupada, great. Of course, they get that idea from us because <laughs> we passed that down, our feeling sentiment, we published his books and circulated them and so on and so forth. Um, so I think that Bhakti Bhaktisiddhanta was also experiencing that. Bhaktivinoda was great, but, you know, who are you? Hmm. And so... Um, and people may have said something like, well, you know, Bhakti Vinod was there, or this one, but now we're, what are we left with? And So he would make a statement like that, to think that there isn't someone... Hmm, what did he call it? it a, atheism. Yes. I think it's just a strong statement that he's making that really kind of parallels what Bhakti Vinod was saying, the same kind of phenomenon. Hmm? He's kind of critiquing hmm? the I- the idea that well you know there were great devotees now they're not you know maybe they'll come along later uh, again at another time and um, um it, it's it's funny how that, that works <laughs> um because in saying that really they can very much miss out on 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 uh, the opportunity to associate in a meaningful way with persons who are very qualified very 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 qualified to help them hmm? and they need they need to the help and so forth I mean you take many of prophet's disciples it 's so apparent that they need help in the state of <coughs> their, their understanding of the philosophy their ability to practice and apply themselves, and so forth is is very very limited hmm? for many of them hmm? and so they, they really the they it's apparent that they need guidance, but then they you know, then they say something. Well, the prophet was great. Who could be as great as him? They make, and then they, they the people tend to make their gurus so great that nobody could be that great anyway. So, you know, what what are you supposed to come along and say I'm as great as you know, you know? You, you, uh, so yeah, I just see it happen all the time hmm. with uh, so many groups. It's it's a It's an unfortunate uh, uh, kind of a phenomenon that, that w- leaves people you call it a soft rip. It, it is something something like that and they they um, I mean very, so many people could have cooperated with Prout, but it would have been much greater success. <laughs> and you wouldn't have these kind of, some of these kind of camps that arguing that you have now. Had that been the case, but some people didn't couldn't recognize them. So you know, after they're gone, you recognize them. You think, well, he really he really did something. She really did something. Check it out. Look at this. You know, wow, yeah. And then, uh, too bad there's nobody like that now. So, you know, <laughs> so that's how. Yeah. So there's a history of that, and I think that. um you know, you can make that point. There's a, There's a history of this. That this is you say this now, but this is being said at the time of Bhakti Vinod. This was being said. As Bhakti Siddhanta is saying it. You know, in this way, Bhakti Vinod said. Bhakti Vinod is talking about himself. He's saying it's a it's a phenomenon in Kali Yuga that people will have give great regard to the previous Acharya, at the expense of recognizing, in a meaningful way, so that you can take advantage of a present qualified person. Hmm?
1: Our Prabhupada used the uh, phrase uh,
0: jumping over. <coughs> jumping over. Uh-huh, yeah, that's another way to going to uh, jumping over to the previous Acharya, like at, at the cost of taking advantage of someone who's qualified to lead and guide them in the here and the now and to speak in a relative way relative to the time and circumstance and so forth. It's just part of the territory. It's just part of the territory. It's just a mindset. It just, it just, it'll go on and on and on. Now, you want to try to preach against it now, like you know, but you do that. I mean, anybody like me, for example, I see so many things, and so I preach about them now, so that you don't become subject to them. But there'll be other problems, and somebody else will have to come and say, well, you know, you can't see them all at all. They don't all manifest at the same time. But some of these problems that have been problems for a few generations. I address them readily so that you won't be under those um, false impressions or misunderstandings that will harm you in the future or make you less capable of taking advantage of of the kind of association that uh, will be available. Just for example, along these lines, it's... uh, It's important. And so what? It's a process, right? So the, so then they say, well, you know, Prabhupada was great, you know, and um, meanwhile, what did he really give was the process. So as long as I can just give you the process, then the process can take you. I don't have to be great. Um, it 's really the process that 's great and of course if you 're not great you can 't really give the process either that 's the thing that 's missed in that you can 't really you don 't really understand it the the more The more advanced you are, the more you understand what the what the process is you know what the teaching is and so someone could say well we you know we 're not great, we just give the process but well, you 're not given the really good process either you 're given it full of misunderstandings and uh and you may i 've seen it in the name of giving the process to people, they're initiating people, in some squatters I've seen this, in division of operad, conceptions that I think are the part of the philosophy. Hmm? Like somebody wrote a book about Siksha Guru, and it, you know, it said uh, you can only have a, your Siksha Guru in this particular institution, or something like this. Well, where's that in the Bhagavad Gita? I mean, you know, it could, could come from anywhere is the point. And, and we're supposed to go there if, it, if we were, to, we're called and we find uh, you can't confine Krishna. He's only supposed to come here and so forth. So then they, this is the process, right? The process is the guru's realization. is the process. Whatever he or she understands is what they pass along. And so how much of it do you... Uh, if they're not even... Really well versed in the, in the philosophy, then you don't even get the theory right to to to, to practice it, and um, and and that's that's that you know you can say well does the guru have to be this or that you can't even tell if the guru is this or that but you can tell he has to, or she has to he or she, or she has to be this or that <laughs> and then maybe they're more than that but at least you can see that's why I keep emphasizing these external observable qualities. Hmm? If you don't see these things, and one of them being shabde pare tanishnatam," you know, knowing this the scriptural argument, having some scriptural genius, and so uh, then uh, that, that guru is not going to help you. You're not going. You're going to get a facsimile or a, a what would you call it a partial, you know, distortion of the of the teaching. Hmm? And no, no power to, to bless. liberation
1: hmm.
0: to... I mean, the guru has to be pleasing Krishna if, if, if pleasing the guru... Why does pleasing the guru please Krishna? Because the guru is pleasing Krishna. If the guru is not pleasing Krishna, then, well, you know, <laughs> then how does it work, right? How uh, by pleasing that guru you, you, please, you please Krishna? I offer my obeisances to my spiritual master who's who I hope is very dear to the feet of Krishna. <laughs> you know. I hope. I think he is. My, he might be. Who might be dear to Krishna. I don't know. At least he's giving me the process. <laughs> you know, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. Mm. No, we we should be convinced about that, and we should be able to explain why we're convinced you know, based on the, the, the philosophy and so forth, because we've been taught it. Hmm. And so then we know at least we gotta, whether he's this that or other thing. You can make many use many superlatives, you know, to describe, but at least on a certain level uh, knows the teaching. Risen above, Vatjo-vega, Manasakrota-vega. Not like Prabhupada said, and they're changing the acharya every few years. Didn't he say? And every few years they're changing. Now, now this one, oh, that was not working. Now we put this one in. He was complaining about some of his godbrothers' missions like this. Right? Well, <laughs> there are other missions like that too. And every year, and it doesn't matter, we we'll just change them out, yeah? put another one in, because it's a process. We've got the process, right? <laughs> you yeah, got the wrong process. It's not working for your gurus. How is it going to work for your disciples? <laughs> if the qualification for the guru is that, you know, qualification of the guru must chant 16 rounds and follow the four regulative principles for at least... Five years. Five years, huh? I'm saying, well, that's the qualification of the disciple <laughs> and the guru. <laughs> oh, goodness. Anyway. Okay, what's the time? केतुए वो